Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to Healthy Mama Hacks, a weekly mini podcast where I share my best tips for hacking your healthy mama life with simple tips for easier eating, cooking, and living a healthy mama life in 20 minutes or less. Let's do this, mama. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Healthy Mama Hacks. Many of you know that on Thursdays at 2 o'clock Eastern, I head to my parents' kitchen just because their kitchen is bigger and easier to film from than mine and do a live cooking video over on Instagram. Sometimes this is a tip or a tool to become a more efficient, confident cook, and sometimes it's just a really delicious recipe that I'm excited to share with you. With my past experience at As a trained chef, I love sharing food in a way that is joyful and making the kitchen just feel less intimidating. But I am cooking from my parents' kitchen, and something that I have always found so funny is how my mom organizes her kitchen. In my head, it is more a lack of organization than organization. However, everything does have a place, and she knows where it is, and it works for her. And even though, you know, I'm searching through cupboards and cabinets and trying to find the things I need, even after them living there for two years and me being there frequently cooking out of their kitchen, I still don't know where things are. It's just because the kitchen doesn't work for me and the way that I work as an efficient cook. Now, my kitchen at home is a lot different. My kitchen at home is organized in a way that helps me to be the most efficient I can while I'm cooking, while I'm preparing lunches for the kids or myself or grabbing a quick breakfast before I head out the door. Everything is organized in a way that works for me. And I'm not a hyper-organized person. I am an Enneagram One, so I do love me some organization, and I can be a little bit of a perfectionist, but not every area of my house is hyper-organized, but my kitchen is. And my kids know where things go in the kitchen, and one of the reasons that they do is because there is a place for everything, and there's a reason everything is in its place. So today, I want to share with you some of my best tips for how to organize your kitchen for more efficient cooking. Okay, tip number one is to declutter. I see so many people with kitchens full of tools and gadgets that they never use. I want you to take some time. Maybe this week 
or this weekend, and I want you to look through your kitchen and give everything in your kitchen a real decision. Is this something that you use on the regular? Yes, there are going to be some things that we might only use once or twice a year, like the special Christmas platter that you only use around Christmas time. But those things can be stored. They don't need to be in your kitchen. Your goal is for your kitchen to be as efficient as possible to work for you and not feel like you're constantly digging through things. So even though not all of us have a ton of storage, how can you take the things out of your kitchen that you don't use on the regular? And how can you get rid of, donate the things that you just simply don't use? Many of you know that I am a former personal chef. I worked as a chef for a number of years, um, and I I share lots of that on social media now and in my business, but I, I don't work as a chef in restaurants anymore. And when I was a personal chef, I had a ton of kitchen equipment because I had a whole set of kitchen equipment that I would bring with me to my clients' houses and then one that I used at home. When I decided to stop personal chefing, I got rid of everything that I didn't use in my kitchen on a regular basis. And I'm actually fairly minimalist when it comes to cooking tools. You can listen to my episode on my favorite cooking tools where I share with you the essentials I think that you need for your Healthy Mama kitchen. But I really do keep it simple. And Part of that is because I am just a minimalist by nature and I feel way less anxious when I am surrounded by less stuff. And part of it is that it does make me a more efficient cook because there is a place for everything. Things are not like overlapping in the kitchen or overflowing. It's really easy to grab the things I need. And like I said, I know where things are and my kids know where things are. And we have just what we need. So you don't necessarily have to be a minimalist in the kitchen. If you love those tools and gadgets that help you to do things easier in the kitchen, like, you know, 14 different garlic presses and food choppers and all of these things, that's great. And more power to you. But I want you to have a place for everything. And that starts with decluttering things that don't seem to have a space, that end up cluttered on the counter, cabinets that are just overflowing and you can't find anything in. Start here. Start with just decluttering. Tip number two is to create zones. Now, this is something that I learned way back in culinary school, and this is something that professional kitchens use. If you have ever been in a professional kitchen, you know that they are divided up in zones. There is some sort of a prep zone. There's a dishwashing zone. There are several different zones for cooking. Depending on how big your kitchen is, you will probably just have one zone yourself for cooking, but in the kitchen, there's usually more than one. And then there is a place for expediting, for getting the things out of the kitchen onto the floor for the people to eat. And you can set up your kitchen in a very similar way. Of course, it's not a professional kitchen, but you can have similar zones. You can have zones for prep, Zones for cooking, zones for dishwashing, and zones for just getting things out of the kitchen and into people's bellies. Now, there's something called a kitchen work triangle, and this is this idea that in an ideal, like an ideally designed kitchen, the line that's drawn between the refrigerator, the stove, and the sink creates a triangle. So the cook can easily and efficiently move around the kitchen. So you can go fridge to stove to sink and back. Can you imagine that triangle? It makes things so much easier. Now, not all of us have a super efficiently designed kitchen. 
But despite most of us not being able to completely redo our kitchens once you hear this episode, you can still create work zones to make your kitchen space more efficient. So there are five main zones that are usually recommended when you divide up your kitchen into zones, and I will share with you how we do it in our house. So there is the consumable zone. So this is where you store most of your food. So usually this is more than one zone. This is the refrigerator and then also the pantry. So I live in a 1,200 square foot apartment, and though it is a really good size for an apartment, we don't have a ton of pantry space, and we actually use several cupboards in our kitchen as our pantry, and we use them in a very specific way. And then we also have overflow pantry items, so things that I buy online from like Thrive Market or Amazon, things that I buy in bulk, um, go in to part of our linen closet is actually our kind of overflow pantry. So the way we make it work is that we, the things that we don't use on a regular every day or every week basis, those extra items, those go in our pantry, which is what we call it, but it's really the linen closet that's half linens and half pantry. You know, you do what you got to do. <laughs> and then in the kitchen, we have two pantry zones. One of them is next to the refrigerator. And oftentimes, these are the things that when I take them out of the cupboard, I also need to grab things from the refrigerator or I'm going to use them directly in cooking because it is also in between the refrigerator and the stove. So for example, I store things that we run out of frequently like mayonnaise and salad dressing in that cupboard. If I have more than a couple bottles, well, then I'll put that in our linen closet pantry. But Something that I'm going to take out, I'm going to use and put it directly back in the refrigerator. I put those things in there. The other things that I put in that pantry are things that I also need to grab other things from the fridge while I am grabbing things from the pantry. So things like canned salmon or canned tuna for lunches. And then I also grab things like, or I also store things like pasta sauces in there as well. Things that I'm going to use while I'm cooking. Oils, vinegars, honey, those items are also in that small pantry area. And I'm going to give you guys a whole tour over on Instagram. So if you want to head to Healthy Mama Chris over on Instagram after this episode, I'm going to do a whole kind of tour to show you guys what my kitchen looks like, how I make those work zones work. But keep listening because you're going to get some more good information here. It's a lot easier to share with you the details here than I can in like a less than 10 minute video over on Instagram. So the second part of the pantry are things that we use on a regular daily or weekly basis. So those are all of our breakfast items. So you guys know I love my green smoothies. So things like my protein powders any of like the superfood add-ins that I might put in my smoothies, like chia seeds or hemp seeds, the kids' protein powder. I will sometimes drink butter coffee in the morning, and so I've got my ingredients for that in there. I've got coffee in there. And then there's also nuts and seeds, which I use on a very regular basis. I make nut milk pretty much every week. Oats are over there as well. My oldest daughter especially loves oats in the wintertime and most of the year. And then we also have things like homemade granola in there and then pastas because let's be real, we eat pasta at least once a week. So those are the main type of things that I store in the kitchen. And any overflow items, like I said, 
are going to be stored in outside the kitchen. Now, if you have one pantry area that is just off your kitchen, then store everything together. Just store like with like, and I am going to share soon how to organize your pantry. But that is my consumable zone. So it is the refrigerator and the pantry area. The second zone is a is the non-consumable zone. So these are things that you obviously do not consume. And for this, I typically utilize this area for everyday dishes like plates, bowls, drinking glasses, silverware. And what's really important about this zone is it's just in a place that is close to where you typically plate your food. Now, our drinking glasses are close to the sink where we grab water, which is also in front of the fridge where we store filtered water and other beverages. And then our plates and our bowls and our silverware are all together in one area. So we can grab them, pull them down, and plate the food. Now this is on the opposite side of the kitchen from the cooking zone and the preparation zone. So I love keeping the prep zone and the cooking zone as close to each other as possible. The prep zone is the area where most of your kitchen prep happens. So this could be a stretch of countertop. It could be your kitchen island. It's wherever you typically prep your food. And so this is oftentimes, this is where you will gravitate to prepping your food most often. So this means chopping things, mixing things, stirring things. And having it as close to the stove and the cooking area as possible is really helpful because you can go right from prep to cook. And then typically, the space that's a little bit further away is where I will take the items that I have either prepped or cooked and plate them, if that makes sense. So closest to the cooking area is the prep zone, as long as you have enough counter space to do that. And then, of course, there's the cooking zone, which is pretty self-explanatory, but that is the area that contains the stove, the oven, and maybe the microwave as well if you have a microwave. You could also keep like a toaster or toaster oven near there if you want to. Um, But typically for me, it is where I do like the bulk of my cooking. And I will share with you one of my most important tips for more efficient cooking in just a second. Um, But I do like to keep the counters pretty clean from appliances. So I try and keep it pretty simple over there. I also like to keep a small stretch of the counter for just cooking. So what I keep over here is my cooking utensils in a jar, a big jar, uh, next to the stove. And then off to the side, I also keep my spices. You never, ever, ever want to keep your spices above the stove because the moisture that's coming off of the stove and the heat that's coming off of the stove can make your spices go bad. So I have my main spices on the counter a little ways away from the stove, but close enough that I can grab them while cooking. I also have a little salt jar there as well. And then I keep my overflow spices in a drawer so I can easily access them because I love my spices and I've got a lot of them. Sometimes that drawer is organized, sometimes it's not, (laughs) but I do keep them over there. The other things that I keep close by in my cooking zone are my um, main cooking oils, which for me are avocado oil, olive oil, and coconut oil. And I keep those nice and close. And that is the only thing I keep around my cooking zone. My best tip for creating a more efficient kitchen is to keep the counters clean and to only keep what you use the most out and store the rest away. A cluttered counter makes prep 
harder. It makes cooking harder. It makes it more stressful. So as much as you can, I said number one tip is declutter, right? Number two tip is to create zones. And number three is to keep the counters clean because you've already decluttered so you don't have a lot of extra stuff. You've created zones so you know where things need to go. And then you can start listening to your kitchen intuition as to what do you use on a regular basis? What would be most helpful to keep out and put the other things away? The last zone that I didn't mention, because it doesn't necessarily have to do with cooking, but that's the cleaning zone. So that's the area with the sink and the dishwasher. And I try and keep that. Obviously, that's in its own spot. I don't I don't move the sink and the dishwasher. You can't really do much about that, but you can just make sure that you don't have like cooking equipment next to the sink unless the stove is right next to that. Um Just keeping things in zones will make you a much more efficient cook. And it also makes it easier, no matter what size your kitchen is, to have people come in and out of the kitchen and not bother each other, you know? So someone can come in and grab a plate or a bowl or a glass and they're not in the way of the person who is prepping or cooking. It's really helpful for families. So if your kiddo wants to come in and grab a snack, that's at a different spot than right below the stove where you could splash them with something or they want to grab a cup for some water. That's in a different spot. I hope that makes sense, but it can be really helpful to just make sure that you've got some general zones. This might require some tweaking. It might require you to take some time and evaluate your kitchen, declutter, and figure out what zones are working and what zones aren't. But the beautiful part of this is after you've gone through this process, you have a kitchen that is more efficient and is going to be more enjoyable and easier to cook in. And that is one of the things that I love sharing with you all the most. So I hope this was helpful for you today. This episode is actually the first episode in a series of Healthy Mama Hacks episodes I'm going to do on spring cleaning. I'm going to teach you how to organize your fridge, your freezer, your pantry, and your entire kitchen to make it more efficient and just make you feel less stressed in the kitchen. So I'm so excited to share those other episodes with you. I hope this was helpful for you. Thank you so much for joining me for another Healthy Mama Hacks episode. For more from me, Follow me over on Instagram at Healthy Mama Chris, and don't forget to join us in the Healthy Balanced Mamas Facebook community so you can connect with other Healthy Balanced Mamas, share our meals, new podcast episodes, tips, tricks, and tools, and my Friday coffee chats. All right, friends, I will catch you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.